Hey friends, welcome to the That Sounds Fun podcast. This is your host, Annie F. Downs, and I am so, so happy to be here. As you can imagine, I am smiling from ear to ear because this podcast has become absolutely one of my very, very favorite things. So I am really glad to be back and starting with season two. I don't know who decides when seasons start and when seasons end, but I guess when we took a break for the summer and had those first nine or 10 episodes, it was time to do another round of nine or 10 episodes. So I am so looking forward to all the people we get to talk to this fall. I hope y'all are going to enjoy it. I'm really, really thrilled. Um, Singing to us in the background, I'd love to introduce you to my friends. And this is Adam Agin, and he is singing Safe and Sound, one of my very favorite songs of his from a few years ago. Today's episode is with my dear, dear friend, Emily P. Freeman. I think you guys are going to absolutely love her. I bet a lot of you already know who she is. She's an incredible author and really wonderful speaker and a super good blogger. She's much better at blogging than I am. Her blog is chattingatthesky.com. And Emily has a new book out. It's called Simply Tuesday, and I simply loved it. I mean, I totally, I've read all of her books, and I totally think this one has a unique spot on your bookshelf that nothing else um, is sitting around it that is similar. And so um, we just talked about it. We talked about all sorts of things, as I tend to do. You guys know how this goes, right? I just do not have a lot of um, prepared questions. I just talked to my friends. So without making you wait any longer, here is my interview with author Emily P. Freeman. Um, hi, Emily. Hi, Annie. Welcome to the That Sounds Fun podcast. That sounds so fun. Isn't that ridiculous? Like, who let people just start doing things on the internet? Like, I didn't have to ask right. anyone's permission. No, you did not have to ask one parent to do this. <laughs> I should have. There should there should be something that has to like um, give permission. There should be a, something, some sort of line I have to cross before I just decided I was going to have a podcast and put it on the internet. But, but you know that sounds fun. So well, let's do it. it. Sounded fun to me. I so I just went for it. <laughs> um, first of all, I would like for us to say to the people that we're real life friends. Oh my gosh, we're such real life friends ever since that time you invited yourself to my house. Oh, I did invite myself to your house. <laughs> well, I just wanted to be your friend. So I thought I should come I over for the weekend. It was such a great thing though, because I'm I'm like I'm a great friend, Agreed. but a really terrible initiator. Mm. So to have someone say, Hey, can I come see you for the weekend? Yeah. I'm like, yes. Yeah, because it, it is important to note that it wasn't like I walked up to you in a signing line and said, <laughs> I loved your talk and I love Grace for the Good Girl. Can I come stay at your house for the no. weekend? Right. Yeah. Like we no. were friends in real yes. life already. Yes. But we were better friends when you came to visit. Yes. When I invited myself to mm-hmm. visit. Mm-hmm. I, um, had we already started with Encourage at that point? Yeah, because you asked me when we were on an Encourage retreat. Yes, that's right. I couldn't remember if I asked you to come stay at the Encourage retreat or at She Speaks. <laughs> no, She Speaks would be like, hi, my name is Annie Downs. Oh, yeah. Met. <laughs> Shook hands. I'm sorry that people can't see you, you handshaking. Waited, you waited till the second in-person meeting. <laughs> that's a strategy, you guys. Wait till the second in-person meeting to invite yourself to someone's house for the weekend. Right. It lives for the whole states weekend. away. That's okay. Um, we put you to work because that's when John was a youth pastor and we made yeah, you talk to our girls. That's right. That was that's awesome. exactly right. They loved really you. Fun. I love them too. Um, 
you know what else is great? Because in your new book, Simply Tuesday, that I love, I can't wait to talk to you about it. Um, in Simply Tuesday, you talk about when you got your first book deal. Yeah. And how, I, I mean, I remember you coming back from that meeting at She Speaks, right? Didn't you That's meet with right. someone? Didn't that start it at She Speaks? Oh, absolutely. I came and ate lunch with y'all after yeah. I met with the editor and then like pitched my idea for this book, my first book. That's then I went and met you for lunch. Yes, yes. I remember it because I remember you were on one side, Nestor was on your other side, yes. Stephanie was on my left, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I, I just totally remember. It. I totally remember you coming so back, and then, and now you're a multi-zillionaire selling author, <laughs> right? Right. In your last night's dream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've sold. You've probably sold millions of words. <laughs> they just come in. They you buy them in packs called books. <laughs> Right. She sold a millions of words selling author. <laughs> oh my gosh. I need to change my Twitter bio back to that whenever I go back to Twitter. She sold millions of words. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Simply Tuesday is your fourth book. That's right. Am I correct? So Grace yeah. for the Good Girl. Can you just, let's do a rundown. I'm going to say the title and you give me the, the two sentences about that book. Got it. Grace for the Good Girl. Christ is living in you, and you don't have to perform for acceptance. And who's the audience? And that one is for uh, women, mostly, who grew up in the church following all the rules and then realize when they get to be grownups, wait a minute, this is no way to live. Yeah. Man, I when I mentor young women who have grown up in the church, just about every one of them needs grace for the good girl. Yeah. It's a very interesting thing. I think it's a... Um, I, th- I don't know if it's part of our culture. I don't know what it is, but it's very interesting that I'm often like, you know what you actually need? Chapter 12 of Grace <laughs> right. for the Good Girl. I'm going to skip the rest. Like, yeah. Right. Like when it feels like it needs to be the thing that youth pastors give their students yeah. when they're leaving the youth group. Like you, I've done the best I could. You're still going to need this right? because it's still going to heal you. Okay. So Grace for the Good Girl. Number two, yeah. graceful. Well, graceful is the same message. Christ, Christ lives in you. So in other words, but it's for teenage girls. Yeah. So in other words, it's not what would Jesus do because he's dead. Too bad he's not here. Right. But it's what is he doing in you because he lives in you. Right. So it's the same Christ in you message. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. So that's great. I love that one too for young ladies. Number three is A Million Little Ways. And that one is Christ wants to live his life through you. Uh, and for all of us, it's going to, it's going to, he's going to come out of us through the filter of our unique personalities Mm. and whatever that is when we're being uh most fully ourselves in the presence of christ that's what i call our art so i that's my book where i think everyone's an artist and it's just gonna look a million little ways no matter who you are right okay so will you tell the story of when you signed the book deal for a million little ways and you tell this in simply tuesday but i think it's so interesting how yeah just tell about the second book to million little ways Yeah. So, okay. A Million Little Ways was my, was my second book contract, but my third book. And so signed the contract, but you know, as is often true in publishing, um, I signed a a book contract to write two books, not just one. So, I mean, people do that all the time. Like real author grownups do that. It's a thing. Um, for me though, it was a little bit (laughs) terrifying because, oh, there I go singing. Um, so I do sing when I do podcasts. Um, because I didn't know what that book was going to be. And so to sign a contract and to get real green money to write words that you don't know what they're going to be yet, 
was really scary. And so I knew a million little ways, but I didn't know the next one. Um, and so and so when you sign the deal, it says book number one, million little ways. Book number, book number two, two, untitled nonfiction. Ooh. So all I knew was it's going to be nonfiction. <laughs> That's all I knew. That's all I knew. I knew they were not asking for a novel this time. I didn't write it a novel. Right. You know, or a magazine. Like it I knew it was going to be a, a novel, but. book. Yeah. So that was, um, as I said, normal in the publishing world, abnormal on the level of my soul. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So what, at what point did it become Simply Tuesday? That's, an, that's something I'm curious about. As I, like I said, I'm, I'm in the same spot. I know what this one is about and I signed a contract with the knowledge of what the next book is, but the one after this is unknown. When did you figure out, I mean, I guess this is true. People ask me this all the time. They probably ask you too. How do you know what you want to write a book about? So when did Simply Tuesday enter the picture? When did that become what you knew was a message you were willing to talk about and write about and live? Well, I knew through the process of writing A Million Little Ways, and then after that book came out in October of 2013, I was still kind of um, juggling some different ideas in in the back of my mind of what this next book was going to be. I knew it was going to have something to do with being small. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know. But I remember a very specific day. It was Thanksgiving break. Uh, I was at Michael and's house in Charlotte, my sister, her house in Charlotte. Uh, Chad, her husband, had a subscription to Men's Journal. Mm-hmm. magazine. And I picked it up and I was thumbing through and I saw an article about um, an earthquake in 1994 in, in California. And um, it caused all the power in Los Angeles to go out. And I'm reading this article and the guy's talking about when this happened, that all the power went out. And then shortly after that, the observatory there in Los Angeles, the director started getting calls from people who were um, reporting images of, they were saying, there is this smoky cloud in the sky. And we think maybe that smoky cloud has caused this earthquake. You might want to investigate. <laughs> they were terrified. Yeah. And the the guy in the observatory, he was like, what? This is weird. What's happening? And then um, he realized, oh, oh, wait a minute. All the power's out. This may be the first time that some of the citizens in Los Angeles have ever seen a completely dark sky. And he realized that what they were seeing was not a smoky alien earthquake causing cloud, but it was, in fact, the Milky Way. And so when I read that article, I was kind of like, those Los Angeles citizens, I can't (laughs) believe how silly they are. They and then I thought, oh, wait, hold, please. I've never actually seen the Milky Way. And I realized all this as I'm reading this article in at my sister's house on Thanksgiving break. And something, I don't know what it is, Annie, and maybe you writing books know this, but something told me in that moment, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what's the whole outline of the book, but I knew that is going to be the seed or the essence of this next book is something about, Mm -hmm. because I realized that I feel like if we, and he kind of suggested this in this article, if we had a more regular uh, view of the night sky. Yeah. Um, because I think it's like, I don't know, a fifth of the two thirds of something can't even see it. Two thirds of the world, or if I have it written down in the book, yeah. chapter one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's it a lot of people one. who can't see the Milky Way and who, who never have. Yeah. And um, he suggests that maybe if we uh, had a more more of a reminder of our size on earth, perhaps that would change some things. And I thought for myself, like maybe I would not be so frantic all the time about thinking that I have all this control over my life, Mm. that maybe I would remember that life isn't all about me and that there's someone beyond me, that I'm a part of something bigger than myself. And so that was sort of the beginning um, 
the, you know, the ellipses of what's going to happen next. I don't know, but I know this article has something to do with it because it's really poked something awake in me reading that. Uh, Okay, so a writer question is, so did you grab the magazine? Because that is in a version of that book, stories in the book. Yes. So did you go, Chad, I'm going to need to borrow this. That's exactly what I did. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I think I, I read it and I took some notes, but then mm-hmm. I might have left it at their house, but I ended up getting it from them later because I was yeah. like, I, I need that. Yeah. So I have it in my possession at this on this very day. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I will grab a book or a magazine and that's in it and like – when I'm writing a book, well, you know this, I think your life is this too. When I'm writing a book, my whole life is a mess. Yeah. I can't do the dishes. Laundry ends up ever. I mean, you should see my house right now. It is just a disaster. <laughs> but my desk is covered in things that I've just collected. Right. Not even like, you know, like one of the things on my desk is a, a voucher for a Southwest flight because I don't want to forget to tell that story. It's right. not that I'm like learning from it. It's like, oh yeah, I don't want to forget to tell this particular story. Yep. And, uh, and so I was curious if you collect as you're writing as well. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I do. And I can't, it's like you live in a bubble. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I signed a contract to write a book. Down goes the bubble over my head, like an astronaut, like a cartoon astronaut. Yes. And then once you turn the book in, the bubble disappears. Right. And then you like clean out your drawers and you realize, yes. Right. It's like the Claritin commercial where like everything is fuzzy and then you take Claritin and everything's clear. That's how it is when you turn the book in. Everything's clear. Is it that? Is it just like that for you and me because we're friends, or is that like a thing? That's I think be that's a thing. a thing. I feel like it has to be a thing because how are you? How how would it just be the two of us? That's got to be a thing. But right. that's exactly so. My, my other thing that happens, and I think this happens to you too, is when I'm writing the book, I am I have either deeply lived the experience right before, or the Lord is still having me deeply live uh, what I'm writing about. Did that happen with Simply Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happened with Simply Tuesday, and it's kind of like you're so thing. honest about going to counseling, and I mean, right, all right. that kind of stuff throughout the whole book. What's wrong with me? Uh, why did we sign up to do this, Annie? Why do we? That the, the question is not what's wrong with you. The question is why do we sign up to write books where we have to talk about what we talk about in counseling? That is right insanity. It's insane in all the membranes. Yes. <laughs> well, and two, I, it's kind of, maybe it's like this. Maybe it's like when you're going to buy a Toyota and you're in the market for a Toyota, you see Toyotas everywhere. Yeah. Maybe that's what it's like is that yeah. it's not necessarily that you're living it more deeply or like, oh, now I have to think about smallness all the time, but it's brought to my attention now. And so I'm going to yeah. pay attention to all those places where I do feel small or I feel I feel the pain of smallness or the beauty of smallness mm-hmm. um, and having to kind of work that out yeah. and figure out what that means. Are y'all shopping for a Toyota? No. Oh, I just <laughs> bought a RAV4 and I love it. That's what I was asking. I was oh. like, him, get you a RAV, girl. Oh, I can see you in that. I call it a, I call it the let's all be brav. Of course I do. Oh, my gosh. Of course I do. Right? I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we pause? That's amazing. <laughs> It just felt so right. And when you put the four, when you write it, the four can kind of look like a backwards E. Let's all be brave, you know. Oh, that's too good. I know. I apologize. Um, Okay. I want to look at this. There's one part of Simply Tuesday that I want to talk to you about as my friend, but we'll record it. Kind of like going to a counselor and Mm -hmm. uh, then writing about it later. In, In one of my favorite sections you split the book up into five parts. Is that right? That's right. Uh-huh. And the five parts and each part is accepting a different part of your Tuesday. Right. So why'd you pick Tuesday for starters? 
Well, Tuesday and I go way back. It go, I go back to college with Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Tuesday is the title of one of Sarah Mason, singer-songwriter Sarah Mason's earliest um, CDs. She had a song called Tuesday on it. And, and the lyric in Tuesday goes like this. She says, Tuesday, after a reckless and used day, I was running and running without a chance to stop and chat at the sky. Um, and oh, so, chatting at the sky. Yes, very much. Oh, very much. Gosh. And so that's where I was got the words for my blog name, Chatting at the Sky. Um, because at that time in my life, like the kids were really little and I felt like I was always running and running without a chance to stop. Mm. And so the blog for me, writing, represented this is my ch- version of Chatting at the Sky. This is oh. what this is going to look like is an actual pause. Um, but she chose Tuesday. And I think that's really significant because it's, our, it's the Tuesdays of our lives when it's sort of like, if you want to see what your real life is made up mm-hmm. of, what is my real life? What is going on right now? Look at your Tuesdays. That's usually yeah. where like, you don't really pan- plan the party for Tuesday, right. um, but you might send the invitation out. But you don't really um, you buy the stamps on Tuesday. You buy the stamps. You know, you might address the envelopes. Right. So it's just uh, the regular kind of stuff. And so Tuesday then represented for me regular life, mm-hmm. everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why Tuesday. Do you know, I just listened to on the radio just this week, they had like one of those surveys of what's your favorite day of the week? And they were like, number one, everybody guessed Friday. Number two, Saturday. Number three, Sunday. Tuesday was the bottom one. Yeah, and the I know. girl went on and on about how much she doesn't like Tuesdays. And I was like, she doesn't like Tuesdays for every reason that we are supposed to love Tuesdays because they're right. normal, because they're not exciting, because you just do your thing on Tuesdays. Right. If you pay attention, like there is a restaurant, a local restaurant that has a, um, it's like a get rid of the Tuesdays, have a bad case of the Tuesdays, come yeah. in and we'll give you free food or whatever, because they're advertising to the felt need of people who hate Tuesdays. Right. I was watching Heart of Dixie. <laughs> yes, Heart <laughs> of Dixie. I've heard it's awesome. The C-Dub, I think it's the CW show, but yeah. I watch it on Netflix or yeah, I used yeah. to. People keep telling me to watch it when I it's finish Friday so Night like, It's like Gilmore Girls meets something, but yeah. it's I mean, it's not as good as Gilmore Girls in a way, but it's like cheesy fun in the same way. Yeah. So anyway, um, but they were talking like there was a conversation and one of them was like, well, you know, I get all these nights, but you can have Tuesday. And she was like, Tuesday's the worst. It was like this whole conversation about yeah. how bad Tuesday was. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. I didn't even have to do any kind of scientific research. It's just right. true. It's like just Tuesday. No, nobody's like, thank God it's Tuesday. Do you know I, mean, I only am when my birthday falls on a Tuesday? Well, yeah, that's I the only love time. when my birthday falls on a Tuesday because of that Tuesday's child poem. Do you know what? There's a whole poem about being born on a Tuesday and I was born on a Tuesday. I'm so I was born good. on a Tuesday. I'm such a normal, boring person. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you talk about the different parts. You're like your Tuesday job, your Tuesday, your Tuesday work, your Tuesday home, your Tuesday people, your Tuesday soul. Right. And the Tuesday soul part, I love because you start and you say more laughter, less shame. Yeah. Why? Man, I carry a lot of shame around in my life, and I th- and it gets really heavy. And I found that the only way it seems like the opposite of shame would be not shame. What's not shame? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> something that's not shame, but not. I wouldn't ever go straight to laughter. But for me, I've found that laughter is the best anecdote to shame oh, because wow. it's hard to carry those two things at the same time. Yeah, in my experience. Yeah, I um. You know, this, I asked God one time what the opposite of shame was for me. Uh-huh. And I felt like he said family. Oh. And I was like, that is right for me. That's such, right. a, that's such a good. So for me, 
I don't feel shame when I feel like I'm in a family. That's good. Or with family. That's right. when I don't feel shame. Yeah, because that's a real personal thing. Like that could be a yeah. personal thing for everybody is whatever the opposite is. Yeah, because I, I mean, yeah. I sat for a long time. I, I remember being in high school one time and I, I was in high school once for four years. Right. Yeah. And at some that point one time. in there, I remember for a long season, I sat and asked, I remember th- this question that spun in my mind was what makes me really happy? Mm-hmm. Like I remember spinning that for a long time. And it recently really like in February, March, I was spinning. What's the opposite of shame for me? What's the opposite? Because I feel shame. And if I want to get rid of shame and I want to replace it with something else, what do I replace it with? Yeah. And so, um, so mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think, I think shame is the one that is different for everyone. Maybe. Yeah. That makes you know, a lot of sense. Because the opposite of loneliness, everybody knows the opposite of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the opposite of, I don't know, hope is hopelessness. Right. But the opposite of shame isn't like shameless. Shamelessness. <laughs> Unless you're Garth Brooks, you know, he's shameless. He's saying about it. Um, okay. So here's the part I love about this section that I wanted you to talk about. You tell the story of how Luke didn't know what the word journey meant. Your son, yeah. Luke. Right. But that one of the girls tried to describe journey by using the word journey. Yeah. By going, yeah, it's just you go on a journey. To go on a journey. Right. right. And then you said, <laughs> going to Jesus when you doubt Jesus seems kind of like using a word in its own definition. Why would you ask someone you doubt to confirm the thing you doubt? Shouldn't you go to a different source? I just think I would love for you to talk about like, why do you go to Jesus when you doubt Jesus? Why is that the right answer? Well, and that was in the context of John the Baptist and how when he was in jail, he said to his his own disciples, his own friends, he said, will you go ask Jesus if he's the one we've been waiting for or if we should look for somebody else? Yeah. Isn't that a heartbreaking story oh, a little bit? Every time jail, I read he's it. Like, we, yeah. Will someone just ask him? Just just ask him. Right. Just And I don't think he was like, will you just ask him? Should we be waiting for someone else? I don't either. I think it was like a genuine like, okay, is this real? Yeah. Because we've been waiting a long time and I thought this was it. Yeah. But maybe it's not. And can you just ask him for me, please? Because I'm pretty much in jail. <laughs> right. And so they went and asked. And um, and the answer that Jesus gives is beautiful. He he uh, he answers them by saying, you know, basically look at the works like blind people see, deaf people hear, mm-hmm. lame people walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he sort of is like, look at the evidence out there. But he also says... Um, he then turns to the crowd as the disciples, I think they were even getting ready to leave or walking away to go report to John the Baptist in jail. And Jesus starts to say, speak words about his friend, John the Baptist. And he says, there's never been a greater man who's walked on the earth than John the Baptist. He starts to praise. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't make sense to me because they've just kind of questioned. Mm-hmm. John wants to know if he, they should be waiting for someone else. Yeah. And Jesus is like, John's the best person I have ever met. Right. And I just feel like it was almost like he pointed, yes, look at the evidence out there. But he was affirming John and his identity almost in his relationship with Christ by saying, I love you. I see you. I know you. Hang on. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt about it. So in that whole context of that part, I was really connect. I really have... Um, connected with John the Baptist in some of those questions. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like um, Jesus, I think for John, Jesus didn't look the way John thought he probably ought to look. Mm. And sometimes I feel that way about Jesus. He, yeah. He's showing up in life and then not showing up in life in ways that I think he ought to. 
Yeah. And it's not kind of the way I thought it would go when I was in 11th grade and going to Bible study and, and the leadership of my youth group and everything seemed to make sense. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm in my late 30s, things don't make sense a lot right. of, more times than not. Yeah. So to go to him and ask him to help me make sense of things feels a little bit like saying, oh, well, journey means to go on a journey. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh, well, trusting Jesus means I'm going to ask Jesus. What it, and it's like, but there's no place else to go. Right. That's the thing. It's like how Peter says, you know, Lord, where else, where else will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Right. Um, and so it's the same kind of feeling. But um, I think that you can go to Jesus when you doubt Jesus, because deep down, I think John the Baptist knew he was the one, mm-hmm. but he just wanted to hear Jesus say it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because in those moments, right? I mean, in those moments when you're the one who is in jail, Mm-hmm. You don't even actually, oh, well, I won't say you, I'll say me. I don't even actually always need Jesus to get me out. I just need to t- him to tell me he's Jesus. Right. And that he's with you. Right. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly, that's exactly it. I think yeah. that's such an interesting answer Jesus gave too. Cause I've been, another thing I've been spinning lately is I've been asking God for a miracle. Oh. And so yesterday when I was out on my walk, I was thinking, well, maybe this is the miracle. Maybe, maybe this is, and I was like trying to filter through my day. And then it was like the Holy Spirit kind of said, like, you don't have to define a miracle because it's a miracle. Like when (laughs) someone can't see and then they can see, you don't have to decipher a miracle. Right. It's It's like they can see now. Right. Like it's obvious. Right. So I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me like, Hey, Annie, the blind who didn't see will see. Yeah. And, th- and you won't have to go like, you won't miss was it. that the miracle? Was that yeah. the miracle? It'll be this wide open gate of like, oh, of, of course. Right. That looks like a miracle. That's the thing a human cannot do. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. But, uh, but I still have to have Tuesdays, right? I mean, you still I still do. live my Tuesdays. That's right. Um, is you live in Greensboro. I do. Is Greensboro a Tuesday kind of city? North Carolina. Greensboro is very Tuesday y, I think. It feels Mainly, Tuesday to me. Yeah, people people say like, oh, Greensboro's great. It's like two hours from the mountains, it's two hours from the beach. It's just a great place to live. And it's like, yeah, you can see that brochure. Come to Greensboro. We're two hours away from really great places. That's right. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody does that. So Stay it here feels, and drive two hours everywhere yeah. you want to go. It's like Tuesday. It's like Tuesday. You're only four days from the weekend on either side or two right. days from the weekend, you know, and so it feels kind of in the middle. Um, and so Greensboro is kind of like that, although and it's I've lived here, gosh, uh, maybe 17 years. I came here oh, in college wow. yeah. and it's just in the past five years or so I've started to settle into it and realize, oh, they have we have a farmer's market and we have like the things that make Greensboro that make it feel local. Yeah. And I think I haven't settled into it yet until the last couple few years. And it's been meaningful to do that because it's like, this is my place. It doesn't have to be New York City to be cool. You know, I mean, isn't it's that cool what because it's my Tuesday place is about is that you Absolutely. looked at what you had. Yes. And looked at what was right in front of you. Yes. And said, what makes this the best? Because see, here's the thing. I feel like I don't know if it's just in the church or if it's just in the world or whatever, but it feels to me lately, especially like there's a lot of talk about, um, dream big and aim high and sky's the limit. And and everything feels like it's pointing away from where I am. Oh. It's like plan for that and move this way. And and if your dreams are too small, you're maybe you don't have enough faith. And if your Ooh. vision is too small, then maybe people say, well, you're not trusting God. And But then on the other hand, if things are growing and getting big and gaining traction, 
we say to people, well, God is blessing that or God is in that. It's like, well, but Jesus came as a baby. Was God blessing that? Was God in that? It didn't look very exciting. And in a small town, right? In a small town. And so I just, I've grown weary of the do more, dream bigger mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with doing more, dreaming bigger. But when I use that as the only measure for success, which a lot of times the world does that, it seems like, I think there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Um, Especially because Jesus compares the kingdom of God to things like children and nets and farmers and mustard seeds. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, do you think what's what day of the week is New York City? <laughs> Saturday night. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> but I think that people who live in New York City see it as a Tuesday. I mean, yeah. because that's their everyday life. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. wouldn't you think that that's just their normal stuff? Or do they embrace the Saturday nightness and have to find Tuesday in a Saturday night? Maybe so. Do you know what I mean? We should interview a, a New Yorker. A New Yorker. Well, I'll tell you, I've been thinking a lot about Nashville. I feel like Nashville is a Thursday kind of city. Nice. Like we're always about to party, <laughs> but we also have to do a little bit of work. Like right. kind of is, is how. I get that about Nashville. Nashville yeah. puts that off. Yeah. Like it's kind of like, we're really fun, but you do have like eight hours of work first. Right. right. I mean, that's yeah. about what we put in every week. <laughs> it's about eight <laughs> hours of work. Uh-huh. And, um, but I've been thinking it's not that it's come become so mundane that, er, that it feels like a Tuesday every day. Yeah. Right. Like it hasn't become that. I just have to, um, I still have to look at Nashville and find things that I appreciate about Nashville. Mm. Right. That, that are unique to Nashville. That are not like, look at this schnazzy new restaurant and look at this. It's like, no, we have a farmer's market that I can get right. really good yeah. stuff at. And there's good people. And cause I can always dream of living other places. You can too. And Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been putting a, um, day of the week to lots of cities that I know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause I've been thinking like, I think Greensboro is super Tuesday. Yeah. Super like, Tuesday. It's sweet and it's nice and you have yeah. the bench and you have a farmer's market and the kids walk to school and it just has a real like that, Tuesday vibe. <laughs> yeah. It has a Tuesday vibe. Yeah. So it makes sense that that book was put to you. It does make sense. It makes sense to me. <laughs> You're like, luckily I wrote it. Um, okay. I have a weird question for you. I can't I don't know if we'll keep this in the podcast or not. Okay. Do you think that God, <laughs> do you think your books already exist in heaven and God gives them to you? Well, I don't know about heaven and God part, but I do. Every time I'm writing a book, I have this weird sense that it already exists yes. and my work is to find it. That's it. A treasure hunt. It's like a million little ways. Oh, I knew that book existed. Yeah. That my last book, but I had strong doubts I would ever find it. Oh, yeah. Um, it, I didn't know if I would ever be able to say in English words what I saw in my head. Mm-hmm. And that was really scary because I think I turned in the manuscript before I'd found it. <laughs> and my editor confirmed, really? yeah, you haven't found this yet. <laughs> that is going to happen to me. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. And I, but I ended up rewriting it, and I'll never forget when I sent her like I rewrote chapter one, and I sent it to her on a Saturday morning. She called me on the phone. When you write books and your editor calls you on the phone on a Saturday morning, right. you know it's either really good news or really bad. That's news. right. You either have hit a home run or you're getting your book contract withdrawn, fired. Yeah. And luckily that time she was like, "You are finding it. This is it. Keep writing like this." And yeah. so that was so encouraging to me. So yes, I 
I don't know about the theology behind it. If it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. God in heaven on a shelf. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I picture a library. I'm very visual. Yeah, so sure. I picture God in heaven library books on shelves. <laughs> so I, because I, I do think that I think you're exactly yeah. right. At every book I write, I feel like it already exists. Yes, absolutely. And it's it just my job to dig it up, find it, move it. As I move chapters around or move pieces around, I go, is that what this book says? Yes, exactly. And is this how this is supposed to go? And then I go, oh, there it is. That's the yep. book. And I've heard other authors say this too, and you probably feel the same way. Um, th- this book, Simply Tuesday, I have a launch team with this book. Yeah. So that means there's been about 400 women and men who have read the book early. 400. Yeah. We had like, a f- we were able to get 400, That's which is incredible. awesome. Yeah. So they, they applied and then we picked, we picked some randomly and then we had, we but that means that two months before the book came out, which, or three months even, they received, they started reading the book. Yeah. And so then on our little private Facebook group, they started to put their responses to the book and different thoughts and different things. And because that was the first group of people besides my editor and like my mom who had right. read the book, I started to see the book through their eyes because you know mm. what you've written, but you don't know what you've said, you know, until people oh, read. That's good. And so I was starting to see what I've – oh, that's what I said. Okay, good. But they were saying things like, um, this book feels so kind or this yeah. book is such a relief. They were describing things. And you know what my response was? My response inside myself was, oh, that's how I felt about that book too. Yeah. And it was almost as if I hadn't written it, but I had experienced it. Experienced it. And I got to experience it first. Yes. So it's like I, I know I wrote it. But the way they're describing their response to it is my response too. But I just got the privilege of reading it first. That's right. And it makes it easier to talk about it because you're because like, you're separate I love this it. book. Yeah, you're separate I was from given it. it. I, it's the weirdest thing. I didn't create this. I was given this. I found it. Right. I found and it. And you've got to have it. I found it. You've got to have it. That's how it feels 100%. Yeah. And it's so weird. That's the weirdest out of body thing to say. But I, I think that's a common thing. Yeah, I think so too. I think it, and I think it just makes for... It makes me think of Esther a lot and how Mordecai said, um, if you don't do this, God, God will rescue the Jews. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, so if you don't want it to be you, he'll pick someone else. Right. And I always think he can hand this book off this bookshelf to anybody. That's I right. want it to be me. Yeah. You know, like I want to find this book. So I often think like, I mean, joke, I joke with the Lord and I also say like, <laughs> if any, if like Beth Moore left a book on the shelf, hand it to me. All right. Like, if Priscilla, if Jen Hatmaker, if Emily Freeman, if one of y'all leave a book on the shelf that you don't want to write, that you go, oh, I'm too tired to do that one, I'll take it. All right. That's good. Send that I love one to it. Me. Right. Because it happened one time, I, I think I've told you this, but there was a book idea I had and I was trying to take a nap. Have I told you this? No. I was trying to take a nap and the whole, I felt like I could see the outline. I felt, I mean, it really felt like more, far more than I have on the book I'm writing right now. <laughs> and, um, and I kept laying there and laying there and I thought it'll be there when I wake up, I'll take a nap. It's a Sunday afternoon. Oh no. And, right. And then all of a sudden the, do you want me to hand this to someone else? Narrative started going in my head and I was like, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. <laughs> if, if that was me saying that to myself, I'm still glad I'm up. If that was God saying like, I'm right. trying to give you something, yeah. will you please get up and receive it? I'm glad I'm up either right. way. Either way, I'm glad getting I'm up. up is the winning choice. Yeah, that's right. What are you most proud about Simply Tuesday? Um, well, one thing I think I'm most proud that I didn't call my publisher and say, never mind, oh. <laughs> because this is untitled nonfiction. It's not going to happen. Right. 
Um, I think I think signing a book contract for a book that had no concept grew my faith like it wouldn't have grown if I had had a concept because I had to learn that all writing is an act of faith, no matter if you think you have a concept or not. Right. That it, And it kind of helped me take my hands off of it a little bit. Sure. Um, and in that process, I think that's where the Lord is able to meet me. Um, and two, I think each book, you know, every book you write, I think um, – feels like the most personal one because it's oh. the closest to where you are right now. Right. So I look at Grace for the Good Girl and I'm like, oh, that was a few years ago and that was my first book and I would probably write that differently now. But um, And it's, so the further you get away from a book, the more you can distance yourself from it. And yeah. so um, I feel like I was really honest in Simply Tuesday. I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe in four years I'll be like, oh man, that was nothing compared to what I'm writing now. Right. <laughs> That's After Let's All Be Brave, I thought maybe I'll get to dial the next one in and it'll just be like... <laughs> Like how to cook when you're single, right? Like something that, and then, and then as the book started, I started finding it. I was like, are you kidding me? We're going deeper. I don't want to go deeper. No, that's the wrong direction. That's the wrong direction, Lord. Cause (laughs) that means in six years, Mm -hmm. I will have no depth. I will be at the bottom of the ocean. Right. If we're going to go at this clip, I'm going to be at the bottom of the ocean. That's right. Yep. So I hear that. I'm proud of you for that too, Emily. I think Simply Tuesday is like really honest and kind. That's exactly, they when they're saying that, that's exactly right. It's super honest, but it's not honest and harsh. Yeah. And it's not honest and, and uh, off-putting. It's just really honest and kind. So thank I, you. That means a lot. You're welcome. I really love it. Um, on the cover of the book is the bench from your neighborhood. That's right. And you tell the story in the book and you talk, you kind of reference back to the bench a few times. Are you concerned that people are going to start giving you tiny benches everywhere you go? That is yeah. going to be your new thing. <laughs> it's going to be your new thing. People still give me bird cages from my first book. Oh, birds yes. and bird cages. Yeah. It's okay though. People it's still show up. My first book has Converse on the cover and people show uh-huh. up all, if someone's got Converse on in the crowd, yeah, I see them. They You're going to see them. At the end of Absolutely. The night. But it's okay because it's a tangible thing that someone can hold on to. It's that's nice right. to have an image to hold on to, to remind you of a message. Yeah, that's right. Because I cannot see a bench at a park and not think of you and the old women in your neighborhood oh. and y'all watching the kids bike around. I mean, like that, I mean, that, that's what's happened is that is the bench has embodied Simply Tuesday for me and probably a billion people. That's awesome. Definitely uh-huh. a billion. I think that's yeah. accurate. That's yeah. I mean, that's like the number that I came up with when I did some <laughs> calculations. Yeah. So, um, so uh-huh. yeah, that's what I'm thinking will happen. Yeah. One billion. Yeah. What holiday is this book the best gift for? Is this a Christmas giving book? Is this someone's birthday? Is this the start of a school year? Is this Mother's Day? Where do you see this one being like, or is it something else? Well, that's a good question. You can cut out my long pause, right? (laughs) Can and will are two different things. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong question. You know, that's the thing is that this book is, it's a non-holiday book. Yeah. It's sort of like, I was thinking of you. Here, have a book. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that would have been my answer too. Yeah. And it's a great, I think it's a great book to have, to read in a group Mm -hmm. because there's lots of interesting conversations that I think can come from because I've. I know because I've engaged in lots of interesting conversations yeah. based on this concept of celebrating your smallness and what does that really mean and why does it matter? Yeah, I think you're right. I would love to read this as a group. Maybe I will read it in a group. I would love to read it as a, in a group setting. I love having books like this that are anytime gifts. Yeah. Then when Dayspring puts them on sale or when, <laughs> you know, when, when they come out and they're on sale, you buy 10. 
Right. And then you just put them on your bookshelf and go like, I'm going to coffee with this friend of mine who has eight children under the age of four, uh-huh. right? Or whatever. And like, this is our first time out of the house. Oh, in your six friend weeks. with Kate plus eight. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. You know, like having like, having something you can just hand them and go, no big deal. Enjoy it. Yeah. Take, you know, right. I like that. How do you feel about people passing your books around? Um, what do you mean passing them around? Like sharing them. Do you like that or do you not? Because some authors go, oh, don't just buy them for friends. How do you feel about passing around? Oh, I, I love when books great. are passed around. I love passing around. Yeah. I love when things are underlined by multiple people. Right. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I like seeing what people underline in books that I've written. I do too. Because <laughs> it or helps what they you pull know. out as quotes. I'm like, right. I'm I like, literally really? was rushing to finish that sentence on an airplane before they told me to shut my laptop. And that's what yeah. you underlined? Like, right. Right. You never <laughs> I know. I barely got that out. Yep. Yeah. Do you have a favorite quote from Simply Tuesday? Well, something that a quote that kind of embodies the book for me and that I repeat a lot is um, this book is really about what it looks like to release my obsession with building a life and trust in the life Christ is building within me one small moment at a time. And so that because that has been my the tension that I've walked as I've been writing it Mm -hmm. is I can feel it when I'm trying to build my life, build my reputation build a book even, make yeah. it great yeah. um, versus trusting in the invisible work that's happening on the level of my soul. Um, and so that that difference between building a city and building a bench, building a life or letting Christ build his life in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of embodies a lot of the message of Simply Tuesday. So what do you say to people who don't like Tuesday? Read Simply Tuesday and change <laughs> really? your mind. You think so? <laughs> I just think that anybody who I've well, for, here's here's something. For example, um, on Instagram, we I started this hashtag back in January, and the hashtag is "It's Simply Tuesday." It's and Simply Tuesday. It's Simply Tuesday, and all mainly because Simply Tuesday was already used by someone with like a lot of selfies. I don't know what she was doing, but I chose to use "It's Simply Tuesday." She's living instead. right. That's what she's doing. She's living it right. She already knows about Tuesday, so she's <laughs> ma- marked it. But. What has happened in that hashtag is basically you take a picture of a regular moment of your everyday life. That's it. We're celebrating the mm-hmm. the messy, the lovely, and the unexpected moments of our lives. And we do it on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. So I don't hashtag something with it's simply Tuesday on a Friday. Um, it's all two, it's a Tuesday it's hashtag. Tuesday. Yeah. So what has happened though in there is we have close to 10,000 photos and <gasps> it's simply Tuesday now. Because I think it's resonating with people because it's giving you a reason to look forward to Tuesday. Yeah. And sometimes I wake up and forget on a Tuesday that it's Tuesday and I'll remember at like 11 and I'm like, oh, it's simply Tuesday. And I'll look around in my whatever life, my regular right now life, and I'll see it immediately, see it with different eyes Mm -hmm. because it's simply Tuesday. And that then spills over though into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because I have an it's simply Tuesday frame of mind. And so it's really, I think if someone doesn't like Tuesday and they hate Tuesdays, I would just say, join us on Instagram, hashtag it's simply Tuesday and see what you might find. I do love that hashtag. I love looking at those because so many people, so many bowls of cereal. So many lovely bowls of cereal. Yeah. I just, and the other day yeah. I looked, I was like, I'm sorry, all the cereal. I see you. We see you cereal. We see but you it's, representing on it's Tuesday. almost like it gives people permission to not just, you know, Instagram, you know, their beautiful trip to the lake, although that's right. lovely. And sometimes right. Tuesday has that, yeah. but it's also like, but look at this lovely part of my, my home or the mm-hmm. corner of my kitchen or my kids jumping into the pool or whatever the thing is. It sort of just gives you a frame to look at things a little bit differently and, and see how lovely they really are. Is that how this book has changed you? 
Has that been different in you? Um, has it changed your view? I think it has. I think the the book has changed. Here's how the book has changed me mainly is in those moments where I feel small. Now I see that's that Christ lives just on the other side of that mm. for me. One inch so, off the ground, huh? One inch off the ground. When I'm scrolling through, for example, Instagram, or I'm online, or I'm in a conversation with someone, and everybody knows this, there can be a moment where someone says something or you see something. It's something that either you feel uh, competition with someone or they insult you a little bit, or maybe it was underhanded or something, even if it was unintentional, where you feel that little soul shrinking on the inside. Like you kind of droop, yeah. like womp. Yeah. You're just discouraged a little bit, like just a small discouragement. Um, I used to ignore those mm. and it would turn into maybe snapping at the family or it would sort of, I would be in a foul mood, but I wouldn't know why. Yeah. I have now, I now have a radar for those small moments because I've written a whole book about it, because I do pay attention on Tuesdays now those to those lovely small moments, but of, often it's yucky small moments because they're both small. Yeah. And now I have a radar for those moments and I, I it's almost like they expand in my mind and yeah. it's and I feel like I meet with Christ more intimately in those small moments of disappointment, discouragement, disillusionment, doubt, whatever it is. Those all started with a D, by the oh, way. Oh, well done. Wow. Wow. You better um, write those down. That's a talk you have you can start writing it is. on. There now. it is. It's an outline. I just outlined right. it. But that now I look for Christ in those small moments. Um mm. whereas before I might have sometimes, but I just do it more regularly now. Yeah. And I always find him there when I look mm. for him there. It's like yeah. an unlikely place to find a king. Yeah. Um, but that's where he's with me. That's where he wants to be with us. Yeah. That's good, Emily. Um, so what's next, you know? Well, I haven't signed any more book contracts. <laughs> yeah. No more untitled nonfictions for now. Right. Um, you know, I've written a book every, I've had a book come out. Let's see, it's been 2011, 12, 13, and now 15. Yeah. Um, so those four books have come out, four since 2011. And I'm kind of looking forward to not signing a book contract for a little bit of time. Yeah. I don't know how long. Um, and maybe trying some different kinds of things. I don't know exactly what yet, but um, but I look yeah. forward to finding out. Yeah. And yeah. we still, I mean, you're going to keep blogging, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So fun. I love blogging. I love blogging too. I just love, I've been a terrible blogger this summer, but I absolutely love it. It's hard to write a book and blog at the same time. Yes. And you're in book writing mode. Yes, that's right. That's the problem is that every time I start something, I go, ooh, I love this. I want to put it in print. Right. And I <laughs> rip it off the blog and I sit it over there and then I close the blog and I go, oh, sorry, everybody. Yeah, that's how it goes. You'll have to None wait two years you. to read Done this. for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I've had a book come out in 11, 12, no, sorry. 12, 13, 14, 16. And yeah. so it just is, it's, we are so lucky that we get yeah. to do this for our job. So lucky. And I would not trade a minute of it. And I'm so grateful. And also I want, um, I, I, I hear you when you say like, maybe just let them incubate for a little bit and let God use them because you've done yeah. the work. Let God That's use right. them. I want to steward these messages and I, and I want to have long legs in this career. Yeah. And I don't think I can I, I don't think I can do that if I if I hustle too too quickly. Yeah, because um, what you're doing is every day is a Monday. You go Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday. And right. we aren't, you aren't getting to write any Tuesdays, right? You're not. P.S. I started, call, out, I started to call, call Mondays Tuesday Eve. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. Tuesday Eve. Oh, that's great. Tuesday yeah, Eve. Yeah, it just, it just feels like the right thing to do, Annie. I, hey, I mean, I'll do it. I don't care. I think that's funny. Um. Okay, my last question that I love to ask. Okay. What sounds fun to you right now? Because you know I love fun. 
Ah, what sounds fun? Yeah. Like right now, what sounds fun? Yeah. Float night at the pool. Oh, what does that mean? Every Friday night um, is float night at our local pool. So and you we have floats or you get coke so floats. You... <laughs> I'm the non-mom here. I'm like so you so normally at the pool you're not allowed to bring floats, Annie. It's like against the rules. Oh. Okay. But on Friday night float night, you can bring a float from home. <laughs> so float night's fun. I don't even really float at, on float night, but the kids do and it's just fun to be there. And last week on float night, they had a di- like a jumping off the diving board competition. Oh, I would say yeah. diving, but nobody does that. It's like um you know, men like how big of a splash, and oh, then they yeah. like grade yeah. it, and it's yeah. really did John awesome. do it? No, he watched and took funny videos of his friends. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound really fun. Flip it sounds at fun. The pool. It's so dumb, no but it's way. So I think that sounds so fun. It's like Friday night Tuesday fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love that though. That sounds great. Did all three of the kids have their own floats? Oh yeah, they each what, have their what? Own. What are yeah. the floats? They just have round uh, tubes. You know, like a like tube, and loops. they've each they got like their own fruit loops. Fruit loop color. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. It's awesome. I want a swan like um, Taylor Swift. Have you oh. seen her float? There's a no. picture of her and her boyfriend on a swan float. I'm like, I would love Of course, that. there is. <laughs> swan float. A swan float. It probably costs the same amount as my RAV, right? I mean, it's probably <laughs> like the most expensive float that has ever been in ever. And I'm going to yeah. get one. I don't know. I'm just going to have to get one. I love it. Um, okay. Will you tell everyone how to keep up with you? Where are you on? Give us, I mean, I'll, I'll put this in the notes as well, but yeah. social media links, blog. So I'm Emily P. Freeman everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, and the name of my website, Emily P. Freeman. P stands for Patrice. Um, so, you know, don't forget the P. Um, and then uh, Simply Tuesday, you can find more about that at simplytuesday.com. Um where I have a series of free videos, four free videos, Annie. I watched um, the first one. Your hair looks gorgeous. Thank you, by the and, way. And you did a really nice job telling the story. I liked it. Yeah, good. So that's that's fun because I'll I'll deliver those into your inbox for four days, and it's kind oh, of wow. fun to just. Oh, so you just sign up any get... day, and it goes one, two, three, four. Exactly. So you, anytime <gasps> you cool. sign up, it starts the sequence, and you'll get a, a video a day just for four days, and then they're done. But it's just basically it's a nice introduction to the message of Simply Tuesday. But it's yeah. also a um, I offer just one way a day to help your soul take a take a breath, take a you know create a little space for your soul to breathe. So that's what those videos are Can for. You- give us one that's not in those four videos what's one thing we could do today to take a soul breath yeah um well one that is in the videos maybe it's in the first one is to simply sit in the silence you know a lot of times you have like like if you want to declutter your house you can google like a million fifty ways to declutter your house but our souls have a lot of input too we get every day all the time input 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 and so how do you declutter your soul Mm -hmm. um i think silence is is the first way to begin to declutter your soul. Have you read that Anne Lamott quote where she says, everything needs to be powered down, including you? No, but that's good. Yeah, she says like, every, it's something like, if technology isn't working, you need to power it down, and then that's right. including you or something. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a great quote. It's in a real simple, but it's from one of her salon articles from the spring. I love it. It's really good. That's um, awesome. Well, I love you, Emily. This is I love great. it too. Our this very so first teen books, my first book that ever came out, your second book, they're twinsies. They came out so on the same day. we're connected forever. And we use our first name, middle initial, last name. Look at right. us. Right. Annie F. Downs. And I'm coming to your party in a couple of weeks. I'm so excited. It's going to be gonna fun. Be so fun. It is going to be we're fun. We're just going to celebrate Simply Tuesday. Yeah, we are. In Charlotte at the barn. I've never been to the barn. 
You've never been to the barn? No, because I wasn't there for the Encourage business. Oh, that's right. So oh, gonna, it's going to be great. It's going to be smaller in real life than you expect. Yes, I remember you saying that, but isn't that, yeah. isn't there something Simply Tuesday about that? Mm. I think there is. Mm. Nice. <laughs> All right. Thanks, friend. Right. I mean, seriously, how much do you love Emily? And I'm telling you guys, you are going to love Simply Tuesday. It is absolutely one of the best books I've read in a really long time. And I'm really on a tear of reading books right now because I'm not on the internet, <laughs> not using any social media. So I am reading through some books and I'm telling you, I have not loved one like I love Simply Tuesday in a long, long time. And I hope you will check out her hashtag on Instagram that she talked about. It's Simply Tuesday. It is so, so fun to see what people are doing in their everyday Tuesday. So you can even look at it today, participate if it is Tuesday, if you're listening on a Tuesday. It is a really, really fun hashtag to follow. And as for me, you can just keep thinking of me and praying for me as I'm writing, as I'm spending lots of hours every day working on the next book. I can't wait to tell you all all about it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today and enjoyed this great song from Adam Agin. That's A-G-I-N. Hey, if you have just started listening to the podcast, if this is your first one, welcome. Hope it sounded fun to you. It sounded fun to me. Um, And there are nine episodes from last season, including Dave Barnes, the musician, Shauna Nequist, uh, Ted Decker, Jessica Turner, just a really, really fun handful of interviews. So I hope you will pop back and download some of those and keep listening when you're out on your walk or folding your laundry or driving from here to there. If you enjoyed today's podcast, it would just mean a ton if we, you would pop over to iTunes and while you are there downloading some old episodes, leave a review of what you thought of this podcast. That's kind of how strangers know um, that they are welcome here and that's what we would like. So what a fun day. I'm so glad to be back. I love it. Um, hey, listen, if you have ideas for future podcasts, people you want me to interview, people you want me to connect with that you would love to hear from or other ideas, stuff about Nashville or writing or whatever you would like to hear, don't hesitate to let me know. You can contact me anywhere on the internet at Annie F, F is in fancy, Annie F Downs. That's my Twitter, my hashtag, my hashtag. Nope, I don't have my own hashtag. I mean, I kind of do because sometimes I use hashtag always Annie when I do something stupid, but um, because like, duh, I'm always Annie, like when I leave my keys in the door or when I spill something all over myself. So I do sometimes have a hashtag, but Annie F. Downs is the way to get in touch with me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email me, Annie at Annie F. Downs, and the website is AnnieFDowns.com. So if you want to connect, I would love it. And you can tell me what you loved about the podcast, what you'd like me to change. I hope the volume works this season. I did a lot of studying over the summer. So I hope that makes your listening experience even better. Well, that's it, friends. There we go. New episode. So glad to be back. Hope you enjoyed listening to Emily Freeman, my friend, now your friend. And I really hope you'll pick up her new book, Simply Tuesday. It is really, really great. And if you knew how many times I had recorded this ending to the podcast, you would realize, like I'm realizing, I really need a better sign-off. Can someone help me with that? Can one of you guys give me a really good sign-off? Something like, hope that sounds fun to you, or... Sounds, that sounds fun. I, oh, terrible. It's all terrible. (laughs) Have a really great day. How's that? Have a great day. Go do something fun and I'll see you here next time.